Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-host, Walker Kelly and Mike Valverde. Boys, it's the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? We just hope we win a game. Another game. Well, well, that's, well that's, that's unfortunately the Colts, Mike. That is so the Colts just right now. Yeah. Yeah. They lost the last two games. Oh, no. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Jim Mora, more prescient than he knew. Yeah, right? <laughs> Just trying to win a game against the worst team in the league. I had, they so, are who we thought they were. Sure. And we <laughs> let them talk. talk. I, uh, so I have this thing where I don't like to watch shows till they're done so I can watch them all at once. And I was going to watch the uh, the Hard Knocks Colts like, during the offseason. But I've seen how the last episode ends and I'm not interested anymore because I don't think I could live through that. I refuse to watch what, that what, episode. Uh, I will not the, watch that episode. The quarterback's yeah. coach sitting at the computer with his head in his hands. Well, and like they said, uh, I think it was uh, around the NFL podcast was talking about like Darius Leonard was just like walking up and down the sidelines in disbelief. Like, how could we let this happen? How could we let this happen? And like Frank Reich was sitting there talking to himself like, it's OK. It's OK. We're all right. It's not going to be a problem. It's OK. Like during the Jags game. And it, <sighs> Man. Just trying to con- uh, yeah. Oh, no. Ooh. Yeah, and I've seen some uh, obviously uh, pre-made uh, promo materials for the NFL playoffs in various places that have Jonathan Taylor on them. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Uh, well. So, Mike, how do you feel about the fact that Carson Wentz might not be your guys' quarterback next year? I, I'm okay. I, I think I think he will be. A, I mean, who else is out there, right? And it's not like they can get a first-round pick. This is a two-part question. How do you feel about Jimmy Garoppolo being the Colts quarterback next year? Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, what's the difference, right, between Jimmy G and Carson Wentz? We're really not talking too much different here. Uh, I'd rather go with the guy with the playbook than some scrub off the 49ers. I tell you that Excuse right me. Now. One of those guys is going to be playing in the playoffs this weekend, and it ain't Carson Wentz, baby. <laughs> Maybe maybe they'll transfer to Trey Lance because you know if they don't then they're probably gonna Trey play. Lance. <laughs> that was my that was my uh, Super Bowl preview that uh, the little write up I was like oh the Niners gonna go all the way unless they start Jimmy G and I was like wait hold on uh, that pass was com- oh no they have to start Trey Lance I was like wait hold on that pass from Jimmy G was complete okay they have to start Jimmy G like, that's, <laughs> that's how this fan base goes minute to minute uh, yeah minute to minute so um all right uh, so we are gonna do the uh, wild card preview this week but first I've been watching some um, incoming rookie quarterbacks and I got to Derek King of Miami tiny guy 511195 mm-hmm uh, since 2000, how many quarterbacks at five uh, at six feet or under and 200 pounds and under have started games? Since 2005. Since 2000. 2000. How many guys of Derek King's size, so six feet and under and 200 pounds and under, have made multiple starts? Multiple Sorry, I missed starts. Multiple uh, starts. Two. Yeah, I was gonna go with three. It's five. Oh, geez. There are 55 uh, starts among the five guys, but 45 of them are Doug Flutie and Tim Rattay. It's Tim also Rattay was that small. Jesus, I, I guess so. I didn't think so either. I, I didn't the, realize the guy either. I was thinking of who probably isn't even this size, but he just I, he just seemed like it was Thad Lewis. Thad Lewis oh, made Daddy two starts. Woo, let's yeah. go. Ty Detmer was the other guy was too small. And Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore is that small? Man. I guess so. All right, then here's the other question. Who is the last guy to make a start at quarterback at that size? 
the last of those five? No, of, of, of anybody that size. So those are the guys who did it multiple times. I'm going to oh. say Tim Rattay. This guy has one career start oh, at okay. quarterback. One career start at quarterback. And that's Joe, huge, Joe that's, Webb. That's a huge hint. No, it's not Joe Webb, but that's the right path. Uh, Antoine Randall. No, I'll give you a hint. It was last season. Last season. Kendall Hinton. Kendall Hinton. Oh he yeah. Is, he is the exact same size as Derek King on uh, Pro Football Reference. So, <laughs> to give you an idea of what you're looking at uh, with Derek, I I put because Derek King is not very good at being a quarterback, so I no. put his comp as Kendall Hinton just for. Oh fun. god. <laughs> I think, I think Derek King was a. Former five star. He's not. He's not any good anymore. At least not at quarterback stuff. He's good no. at other things. So, all right, that was just a little fun game that I was like, man, this guy is tiny. How many guys this he small have made it? And it turns out not many. And uh, they were smart because Miami just like every play just like rolls him out because he can't see past the line. I take that back. He's a three star. Three star. Yeah. All right, you guys ready for a three star matchup? Huh? Let's, Let's ah. get into this weekend. Vegas at Cincy. Uh, the five seed at the four seed. Uh, Ten and seven uh, is the record for both teams. Uh, this is a 130 on Saturday game, Pacific time. This is on NBC and Peacock. 48 and a half point over under. Cincy, five and a half point favorites. Um, Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs have both been on the injury report, but they're expected to play. Um, ditto with T Higgins, who had a foot issue, who's been limited this week. Um, Joe Burrow got some rest days in there. Not a big deal about that. And, uh, Trey Hendrickson was, uh, activated off the COVID list to it, as was Joe Mixon. Um, Trey Hendrickson is a pass rusher. Joe Mixon is a regular rusher. So, uh, what we're doing for this one is, um, Mike, you wanted to talk about a couple matchups here to see who wins uh, in these matchups. Yeah. Uh, so for the Raiders to win, Derek Carr is going to have to be on top of his game. It, one of the better games he's going to have to have. So it's not like they're going against a big, huge wall here of defenses. And Cincinnati right now is ranks 19th. So I'm I'm curious on to see, can Derek Carr whittle down this 19th-ranked defense, or will this 19th-ranked defense step up and stop Derek Carr? See, here's here's the problem. Do you know which Derek Carr is showing up this weekend? Because I yeah. sure as hell don't. That's exactly. I think that's I think that's the problem with with looking at the Raiders in this one is Derek Carr is so Jekyll and Hyde that it's like impossible to know for certain, uh, you know, which Derek Carr we're getting. Right. Um, I mean, an underla- underrated storyline here is that this is both Joe Burrow and Derek Carr's first ever playoff game. Oh, wow. That's right, because when they made the playoff, Derek Carr broke his leg. Broke his yeah. leg, yep. Yeah. Oh, Connor, I didn't think Connor about Cook that. Cook started that playoff game. Ugh. Gross. Was, did he cook? Did Connor oh. cook? Oh, he <laughs> was awful. <laughs> did, did he get cooked? He, he burnt it. He, he, he burnt, burnt it. Burnt, he burnt the Raiders. I think that was his last year in the NFL too. He he made one career start. It was that one. Yep. Oh man, that's like uh, speaking of the guy you brought up earlier, Joe Webb, when he made that emergency start in the playoffs. Oh. I like frantically searched the internet trying to play, find a place where I could bet before the lines changed because I was like, I forget who the Vikings were playing, but I was like, take the other team, take the other team, and the points, everything I could. Um. So yeah, I don't. 
I don't know. So, Mike, you had something interesting on Twitter today about how Brian Edwards hasn't been it for them, but Zay Jones has kind of stepped up in Henry Ruggs's absence. Um, so I'm wondering, um, you know, if you think that might play into it. Um, and what are your thoughts on this car versus Cincy, Mike? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I'm thinking that this is going to be a close game. So my, my two perspectives is, is this going to be a close game? And if so, the Raiders win. And or is this going to be a blowout? And if so, the Bengals win. And since I think it's going to be a close game, I'm actually picking the Raiders here. Um, and if I'm picking the Raiders, then I believe that Derek Carr is going to go out and sort of prove why he's one of the most under underrated quarterbacks um, overall. I mean, this guy two seasons in a row, not only NFL wise but fantasy wise, fantasy wise, two top twelve performance. Uh, um, it's last year and this year is a top 12 quarterback, but everybody just wants to just bury this guy. And because he doesn't what run, um, I, I really don't know why so many people are against Derek Carr. And now that he's going to be, um, prominent light on the stage in a playoff game. And if he can, if he does what I think he's going to do, that's going to change a lot of people's perspectives going forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Derek Carr is a very like, it's it's hard to explain how I feel about Derek Carr. Some weeks he is obviously better than like the Kirk Cousins type. Some weeks he is way worse than the Kirk Cousins type. But he ultimately revolves around that Kirk Cousins type, which, you know, as you slingshot around that, you're somewhere around a top ten quarterback, and then you're around a top fifteen quarterback as you just slingshot back and forth. But I will say this. Two months ago, we all sat here and said, I wouldn't blame the Raiders for packing it in. Right. I wouldn't blame them. The Henry yep. Ruggs thing, the John Gruden thing, the uh, Arnett. It, yeah, Arnett. And, and Derek, they had what, uh, who just drunk driving, they, they um, arrested. Um, oh, yeah. Recently. One of Yeah. This last week. I forget his name. He was a. a Hobbs. Yes. Thank you. Hey, Hobbs. Um, but and all of that, Derek Carr was you'd see the guy out there in the press conferences and it was always Derek Carr giving the good sound bites. So he might have evolved into a leader that if they take down the Bengals, I think it solidifies him as a top 10 real life quarterback in the NFL because they're going to they're going to rely on their defense. They have a good pass defense and that's how they can take down Joe Burrow. But you're still going to have to outduel this Bengals offense. Yes. To a degree, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, uh, I would say the winner here is, is Carr as well. I mean, mm-hmm. Cincinnati's passing defense is below average. Carr is above average. I mean, it's really just how it is. He'll have his healthiest group of weapons that he's had in a while. Um, Waller is back to near full strength. Renfro's at full strength. Zay Jones has been playing really well lately. Edwards made a few plays late against... Uh, against LA that were really important. Um, I mean, Carr made the throws he needed to make late. He didn't have the crazy impressive game that Herbert did because he simply doesn't have that type of arm talent, but he made a couple really nice pinpoint throws in overtime that kept things going, kept the chains moving, kept the Raiders in positive game script position. And that's what he does. He's, he's the absolute best game manager you can have. Because he doesn't turn the ball over, he's really accurate. He's a good leader. His teammates believe in him. I, 
I mean, not you know, I know not to skip ahead, but I'm I'm also picking the Raiders in this game. I I I think they're the better football team. I, I, I Cincinnati is a really good offense, and that's it. The Raiders have a the Raiders have, are better coached. The Raiders have a better defense. The Raiders have better special teams. That's damning indictment of Zach Taylor that Rich Bisaccia, who didn't even know how to work the headset when he got promoted to head coach, is out coaching is a better coach than Zach Taylor. I don't like Zach Taylor. I think he's a bad coach. Oh, you've I think you have made that known. Yes. Um so I Let's talk about Mike's second thing before we jump forward. So, Mike, you had a, a question about the running backs before we skip forward to, uh, uh, I guess, my choice as to who I think is going to win, because you guys have both uh, tipped your hand. Yeah, uh, so I'm I'm also interested in sort of the fantasy side, and a lot of people do that do play the fantasy playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs or Joe Mixon, to me, they're probably going to be reasonably priced i don't know um but um <laughs> let me check I, let me check their prices on FanDuel for you buddy. yeah check let's, it. let's go I, I think it's going to be close but joe mixon will probably have more mixon, i mean i don't remember exactly what the FanDuel pricing structure is but i would guess that mixon is probably about 1300 more than jacobs like i would guess yeah. jacobs is like 8000 and mixon's like 9300 or something i would say it's probably like that pretty close yeah Jeff is squinting. <laughs> He's like, what the hell? I put in FanDuel and then my computer was like, before you go on to FanDuel, go and install this this Chrome extension. I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> no, go away. Go away. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Let me yeah. let me find prices here really quick. And let's uh, see. Just to give an idea, let's see. Joe Mixon is two eighty nine two hundred and eighty nine points this year and Josh Jacobs is 229 points this year. Okay, a, lot of that, a lot of that's touchdown difference, too. Yes. I can't accidentally submit a lineup here because this is a $100 thing that I clicked into. Lord. Uh, Joe Mixon is $8,500. He is the most expensive running back on the Saturday slate. Josh Jacobs is $7,200. ha! <laughs> The third most expensive running back on the slate. But given that the second is Damian Harris and he's questionable with the hamstring issue, um, these are probably the two guys that you'd most likely reasonably pay for. Oh, yes. Yeah. So and, I mean, and I, with that if said, I were, if, if I were, I would get one of these guys and then I'd probably throw Ramondre in there, honestly. Ramondre is 5200 bucks. Yeah, he's cheap. And if and with Harris banged up, he'll probably get 60 percent of the carries. Oh, yeah, most definitely. He has the best chance at a touchdown. Um, I would say I'm going to bet on Joe Mixon. There's been a lot of ca- uh, Joe Mixon capital D discourse today on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but th- the stuff that led to him being a top seven running back this year has not stopped. It's still a, it's still a good offense. It's still an offense where there's a lot to worry about. So they can't really stack the box to mm-hmm. stop Joe Mixon. And, uh, you know, the Raiders offensive or sorry defensive line was really good last week in week 18 like that's why they won the game you know that that insane uh let's run it up the gut um play call when uh max crosby had been eating their lunch all all game long um was insane by the chargers uh perspective but i think you know joe mixon is not a hyper efficient back he's not jonathan taylor where he's cracking up long cracking off long runs 
um, he gets the, the the touchdowns. And so that's why I think for fantasy, I would go Joe Mixon over Josh Jacobs. But for a price point, I mean, it's hard to... No, I mean, I, I think by price point, I think Jacobs is the better value. They're very yeah. similar players. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, Mixon just scores more often. So in terms of like points, I would definitely go Mixon. But I think Jacobs is a good value there because... He they play very similarly and there's a good opportunity here if the Raiders are controlling the game script that Mixon might not be that involved. Yeah, um, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think if I'm looking at either one of those players, I'm going to go with the lesser value and go Josh Jacobs, uh, just based on the fact that it, how much how how active is really Joe Mixon going to be in the end zone? Because as you guys pointed out, he is very much touchdown dependent. Um, mm-hmm. Where Josh Jake, I mean, they're kind of similar, but it, I, if if I have to break it down, I'm going to go with the cheaper guy and consider that both of them are going to put up equal amount of points. Yeah. So um, I'm going to go the Bengals for to win this one, and here's why. Um, the Raiders defense played five quarters on Sunday night. The Bengals were cruising against the Browns team that had given up, um, like literally given up, like, uh, um, uh, Baker Mayfield didn't even make, make it to the stadium. So I'm going the Bengals here just because for this one week, I think the Raiders are just going to. There's too much against them from the, just like one team got to rest and one team, had to, like I said, play literally, you know, five or four and two thirds quarters because it's what a ten minute overtime um, yeah. to get to this spot. And if both teams had just kneeled down on Sunday, like I said, <laughs> the whole game, we wouldn't be in this mess. But it's hard to bet against Cincy, who's been a juggernaut with everybody in the lineup the last couple games, and the Raiders, who are gonna—they're gonna be gassed. Um, and the cornerbacks are going to get gas chasing Jamar Chase and T Higgins up and down the field as well. So I'm going to go Cincy here over Vegas, but it's going to be a pretty close game. I think it's a good game to kick off um, to kick off uh, Saturday. And um, I think it's an underrated good game to kick off Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else you guys want to talk about with Vegas and Cincy? No. <laughs> Joe Burrow right. and Jamar Chase are really good. Yeah. Did, did you know? So is T. Higgins. Did you know that? Higgins is pretty good. Joe Mixon is above average. And that's okay because he touches the ball a lot. All right. Next game. Uh, Saturday night, uh, 515 on the West Coast. This one's on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. New England is the sixth seed traveling to Buffalo, who is the three seed. New England is 10 and 7, which is an impressive finish. Uh, Buffalo 11 and 6, 44 point over under Buffalo four and a half point favorites injuries in this one. Uh, Isaiah Wynn was downgraded to out after missing practice on Wednesday and Thursday with a hip and ankle issue. Um, Jacoby Myers is questionable. He's been playing through an injury uh, the last couple of weeks. Damien Harris, we mentioned hamstring questionable. Um, And the, all the other news around this is like um, Josh McDaniels might be a coach and Gerard Mayo might be a coach. So um, that's the only real news circulating around the Patriots. Um, for the Bills, Emmanuel Sanders lost his injury designation for his knee, so he'll be good to go uh, for this weekend. And um, 
there's one other one. Joe. Oh, no, 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 no. Where did it go? I lost it, boys. All right, that's it. Oh, yeah, there's this news nugget about uh, Devin Singletary, uh, and it's more about the Bills offensive line. They have increased their six linemen usage uh, going up to um, uh, six linemen on 15 plays, which was uh, the season high in their week 18 mm-hmm. game. So I thought that was an interesting little tidbit for Devin Singletary. Yeah. So f- for this one, uh, Walker, uh, what did you want to talk about with this one? I brought Devin Singletary thing because you don't want to talk about the run game. So no, I thought I'd sneak that in. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the Patriots on offense, um, um, the, I think the big question is uh, who wins between Mac Jones and the Bills secondary? Uh, whoever wins, we lose. I mean, the Bills uh, secondary is not bad. I Well, that's what I'm saying. I say whoever wins, we lose, because if Mac Jones wins, it's going to be a bunch of dump offs. If the Bills secondary wins, it's just going to be a bunch of incomplete passes. So it'll be a boring game. Oh, yeah. This this game's probably not going to be when the Patriots have the ball. This game's not going to be particularly compelling. No, it's going to be a lot like I mean, we've seen this before because it's going to be like one degree. Bart Scott's telling telling uh, Josh Allen to take Viagra. Yeah, it's it's going to be another like the the snowball game that wasn't fun to watch. It was yeah. a lot of running, and that's all it was. Yeah, I don't um, think I, I don't think it's going to be as extreme with the Patriots this time. But I, like I, I would be surprised if Mac Jones threw the ball twenty times. I'd be very surprised if he throws the ball twenty times. <laughs> yeah, I would be surprised as well. Um, but he's going to have the thing is he's going to have to make plays here and there for the Patriots to win this game. The Bills are not yeah. going to allow them to run the ball ninety five percent of the time and beat them again. It's not going to happen. So. Jones is going to have to beat the secondary a couple times. And I mean, I, I simply, I don't think he can do it. No, I mean, he's, he's done exceptionally well this year and he's, he shut a lot of people up. A lot of people being some people on this podcast. Don't put, don't let them put in the paper that he shut me up. Um, but I mean, It's got to be the Bills' pass defense just because they've seen Mac Jones twice. Uh, One of the time, he only threw the ball three times. So they've seen Mac Jones once. Um, And it's not a thing where this, this, um, you know, team is that that bad where they're going to have Mac Jones throw all over him. They're a good defense. They're one of the better defenses in the league. And the last time Mac Jones played against them, he threw the ball 32 times to get 145 yards. Is that good? Is that Jeff voice? Mm. Is that good? Uh, No, that's quite bad. Um, Mm. So I just I think that the Patriots secondary. I'm sorry. The Bills secondary is going to beat the the Patriots passing game and Bill Belichick's no dummy. So it's going to be like you guys said, he's going to throw the ball less than 20 times. And it's going to be a whole bunch of Ramondre Stevenson and uh, as much Damian Harris as Damian Harris can handle, I think. Yeah. All right. What's the other one here? Uh, I mean, Mike, do you have any dissenting opinion on that or no? No, it's pretty much what it is. He, he, he's Belichick's not going to be like, yeah, Mac Jones, I want you to throw 40 times this week. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. blow him up, you know? Yeah, like, like Belichick likes to surprise the team, the other team in the playoffs, but like with things that his team can do. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mac Jones just can't throw the ball downfield, especially when it's cold. It's not going to happen. He's not that type of guy. 
So I just I, I think that the Bills are, are really going to sit on these receivers. They're going to play a lot of press coverage. They're going to dare the Patriots to chuck the ball downfield and let their great safety duo clean up. Yep. Um, the other question I have is who wins in the individual matchup between Stefan Diggs and JC Jackson? How do you define how do you define winning? Um, I mean, I think if Diggs has a productive game, he wins, and if he doesn't, then Jackson wins. Okay. So like if Diggs has if Diggs has like we'll say twelve twelve PPR fantasy points or more, then Diggs wins. If he has less, then Jackson wins. Oh man, I was gonna say he's gonna get like four for sixty and maybe a touchdown. So that's well, right you there. Gotta, you got you got to take your claim. Is he gonna score? Oh man, let's see. I'm looking at what he did earlier this year. So in the first game, four for fifty-one, and that was in the weird game. And then the second game, seven for eighty-five, one touchdown on thirteen targets. I'm gonna go. Stefan Diggs wins, but mm-hmm. J.C. Jackson gets his. He's gonna have a couple like big pass breakups or a pick. Like, J.C. Jackson will still have a good game, but Stefan Diggs will do Stefan Diggs things. But I think Diggs ultimately gets the win by that criteria. Yeah, it, um, especially at, like, only 12 points. You know how many times uh, Stefan Diggs has scored 12 or less points this uh, season? Four? Close. Three. Uh, two. Five. Three times. Six. Oh, I got it. Yes. <laughs> I just said all the numbers. Um, three times. That's how many times that Joe Stefan Diggs has scored. Right, but one of those was in very similar conditions against this team. So yeah, I I agree with you guys. I, I I do think that Diggs ends up winning this matchup and and having a solid game. I don't know if he gets a touchdown, but I do think he'll catch five six passes. He'll get to around seventy five yards. He'll be productive enough to allow the Bills to run roughly their normal offense. Um, and as a result, I, I believe the Buffalo is going to win this game. I, I think it's going to look a lot more like the second game than the first game. Um, this is a, the bills are the more talented football team. They know everything the Patriots are going to throw at them. I mean, they've seen what Bill Belichick's and Josh McDaniels trick stuff is. It's going to be like throwback passes and, Kendrick Bourne or Nelson Aguilar or Jacoby Myers chucking the ball down the field to one of their other receivers. And he might try like the Philly special knockoff to Mac Jones at some point, but Belichick's been around long enough that you know what he's going to come at you with. It's just a question of, can you beat it? And it's going to be tough, but in the end, the bills have an elite quarterback an elite receiver and they have the better overall defense. And I just don't see the Patriots being able to overcome all of that with being well coached. Yeah, this was really a question of how much do I think the Bill Belichick effect offsets the Mac Jones effect? The rookie who wasn't really tasked with doing much his first year in the league, um, you know, in his first start, like how much does that offset that? And I don't think it's enough to take down the Bills. Um, Like we mentioned, there's been two games between them this year uh one was that was a wild game where you basically set that aside when you're looking at these teams and in the other one the bills won pretty handedly like the running game for the patriots kind of did their thing they did whatever they wanted but the bills still won by double digits so i'll take the bills 
I'm going with Bills. And just to, because it is typical like symptoms um, weather-wise, uh, in that game against the Patriots, Stephon Diggs only scored nine points. So Yeah, the first one? Yeah. But how many did he score in the second one? Ha-ha. The oh, he had even one, more. Yeah, he had even what, more points. I missed the uh, – oh, this is Devin Singletary. Never mind. I was on the wrong thing. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, he had a good game too. He had he scored yeah. 21 points and was a top uh, 12 receiver in that game. Okay, before we move on to the next one, who scores more PPR points, Ramondre Stevenson or Devin Singletary? Devin Singletary. Mm-hmm. I would bet on Singletary. Yeah. Bet on Singletary. All right. Uh, who would you throw into your lineup? Uh, Singletary for 6900, nice, or Ramondre nice. Stevenson for 52? Ramondre. I don't think Singletary has a good enough game to make up that big of a difference in price. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty, pretty leap of a price. Uh, Like basically would you, basically the question here is, would you rather build your running back unit as Josh Jacobs and Devin Singletary, or would you rather build it as Joe Mixon and Ramondre Stevenson? Honestly, I think I'd probably rather, I'd rather go with Jacobs and Singletary. Yeah, what if you go too. Jacobs and Stevenson? And then just put in all of the top receivers? Chase, Diggs, Renfro. You hey. could actually do this. Hold on. I'm looking at this right now. And you'd have so. to cheap out at tight end with, like, Uzoma or... I was looking at Hunter Henry. Because if, <laughs> yeah. uh, if you win this one, it's going to have to be a, a fluky touchdown. Um, oh, no, wait. Uh, the Raiders are apparently pretty bad against tight ends, so... We'll go Uzoma there. So we got Burrow, Chase, Uzoma stack. Uh, let's see, D- DST. Who are we going? Raiders at 33, Patriots at 38, or Bengals at 43, or Bills at 45? Uh, I'd probably go with the Raiders just because they're pretty good defense and they're extremely the cheapest. Okay, so that leaves us enough money to go for... Oh, man. We could super stack the... We could super stack the uh, the Bengals there. Against with, uh, the Raiders defense that we put in. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. <laughs> that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Um, but here's the good news is Uzoma is very cheap, so we can sw- switch to the New England Patriots? Uh, I mean, I would go with the Bills if you're going to switch. Okay, so we're 300 bucks. Let's do this. Let's do this. So that means we go from... Uh, Oh, we could put in Darren Waller instead of CJ Uzoma. We're, we're building the lineup, boys. And then Flex, we got 5500 bucks to spend. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Uh, Gabe Davis. Yeah. There we go. Uh, oh. So the, here's the Football Absurdity DFS for Cheapskates lineup. Uh, this is the Twitch stream now. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the DFS now. It's... um. Hold on, I had I had Waller in flex, so I got to do this. Uh, Davis. So here's here's the DFS lineup now: Burrow, Ramondre, Jacobs, Chase, Diggs, Renfro, Waller, Gabe Davis, and the Buffalo Bills. I mean, there, I'm gonna be honest. That sounds pretty good. I cannot submit this lineup though because like it I said, is for one hundred dollars. <laughs> it is for straight out of the football absurdity uh, cash fund. That's right, and if I win. Uh, I will no longer be on these airwaves because I will uh, have a million dollars. I don't know what the actual pot is, but um, all right, let's go on to the next game, boys. 
Uh, this is probably. Oh no, I was gonna say this is the worst game of this weekend. But, oh, uh, it KC is <laughs> Pittsburgh, Kansas City. Yeah. Yay. Philly nine and eight, they're the seventh seed. Tampa Bay thirteen and four, they're the two seed. The seven seeds this year are really doing a great job of uh, trying to convince everybody to go back to six seeds. Uh, Forty-five and a half point over under. Tampa Bay eight and a half point favorites in this one. Uh, injuries for the Eagles. Miles Sanders today was flat out asked if he was playing this weekend, and he did not equivocate. He said, "Yes, I am." I think he said, "Yes, sir, I am." So uh, he a broke his hand. Man, Miles Play. Sanders. He 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 not only said yes, he said it with uh yeah, with with a lot of kindness in his voice. Um I really felt like I was the only person in the room when Miles Sanders was saying that. Um J- Jalen Hurts dealing with an ankle injury. He was a full participant in practice on Wednesday. Um Oh no, guys. We have to scrap the whole Eagles game plan. I forgot about this. JJ Arcega Whiteside is on IR. <laughs> Damn it, Jeff. Jordan Howard and Dallas Goddard are both off the COVID IR, and Jordan Howard Stinger uh, is expected to be ready to go for him for Sunday. Um, and that is it, unless you care about Tyree Jackson's torn ACL. Uh, for the Buccaneers, uh, Cyril Grayson will not play in the wild card game. Um, That's Leonard, not a real guy. No, it's he's not a real person. Um, he is a Madden creative player. Uh Fifth name in your franchise. Yeah. Leonard Fournette is, quote, the most questionable of game time decisions for uh, the game. And that is with a hamstring issue. Ronald Jones will not play. Uh, Mike Evans was upgraded to full with a hamstring issue, which is good because uh, if we remember, um, Antonio Brown quit and Chris Godwin will not be uh, available because he tore his ACL. Brashad Perriman was limited with his hip issue. Um, so we're looking at Mike Evans, Brashad Johnson. Perriman. No, and Scotty Miller. No, he's back from the dead, boys. Uh, Justin Watson. John Brown signed oh, to the practice squad. Really? He's back, boys. John Brown wow. is back. So, um, you know, maybe uh, your cheap, cheap, cheap DFS lineups. Cheap, 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 cheap. John Brown, please don't do that. Um, but if this, you're going to do is something, put Perriman in. Yeah, Brashad Perriman. So um, I have two questions for this game, and um, we'll start with the second question, because when I put this together, um, it was not going to be Mike Evans and Brashad Perriman. I was thinking Mike Evans and Cyril Grayson. Um, <clears throat> who wins against this, the Eagles wide receiver defense or the Tampa Bay wide receiver core? And um, I put these together because... Uh, the Eagles' defense is actually pretty good against the pass. They're eighth yeah. in yards per pass allowed. Um, they're ninth in passing yards per game. They're actually a pretty good defense. And this is basically um, the Mike, I guess it would be the Mike Evans slash Rob Gronkowski Bowl. We'll we'll lump him in with the uh, the wide receivers just to make this more interesting. So who wins, the Tampa Bay passing game or the Philly pass defense? Uh, I think in the end, it'll end up pretty even. I guess I would lean Tampa passing offense just because they have Tom Brady. Um, But I think Gronkowski will eat against the bad Philly linebackers. But I Slay should have a pretty good time against Evans. Evans will get a few catches here and there, but I don't think he's going to have a big game. 
Avante Maddox will lock up whoever he sees in the slot, probably Tyler Johnson or Scotty Miller if they're healthy. I don't really know. Um, so it's going to be like Brashad Perriman against some rando. And like I said, Perriman could have a really solid game, but I, I think that the big winner here is going to be Gronkowski, and that's why I would lean Tampa. I, I just don't see the linebackers for Philly. I mean, guys like Alex Singleton, TJ Edwards, Sean Bradley are not going to be able to stop Rob Gronkowski. It's just not going to happen. And Gronk ended the season on a tear, two straight 100-yard games, um, seven catches in each of them. So, yeah, I uh, I think they're going to be utilizing the middle of the field a ton with Gronkowski predominantly. Yeah, and I forgot to mention this is a Sunday 10 a.m. game, so this is the first game on Sunday. Mike, what are your thoughts on the Eagles' uh, pass defense versus the Tampa Bay uh, pass offense? Uh, Tampa Bay pass offense. I mean, uh, looking it up, it's 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 all you have to kind of throw all the numbers out the window because of all the injuries for Tampa Bay. Right. Uh, Phil. So it's okay. Let's just get me straight. It's Philadelphia's pass offense versus Philadelphia. I mean, Tampa Bay's pass offense versus Philadelphia's pass defense. Correct. And I don't. I don't know how good that defense is for Philadelphia against the pass. They are top 10 in both uh, yards per pass and passing yards allowed. They have a good defense this year. It kind of car- helped carry them. Yeah. A lot They're of numbers two overall um, fantasy wise against what Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski. Um, I, I don't even know if Rob Gronkowski is going to finish the game. Uh, so I, I'm going to go Philadelphia's pass defense. All right. Philadelphia's pass defense. Okay. And then my next question, um, who wins uh, Tampa Bay, who's had a really good run defense or the Phillies run game, which they started off slow, but then towards the second half of the year, they really started to pick up the number of attempts. And also, don't forget, Jalen Hurts, uh, half of his game is rushing. So who wins? the Tampa Bay run defense or the Philly run offense and the Tampa Bay run defense is, um, really or is it good. here? We, they're, really they're, good. Yeah. They're, they're, they were yeah. really good. And then they struggled in the, in the second the half. Part, and then they got really good again. Um, right. except for against the jets, for some reason they gave up 138 yards. Uh, let's just say that was a weird game. That was a weird game. Uh, yeah. But other than that, they're giving up like 55, 45. So I, I do have a lot of faith in the Eagles offense. Uh, it's always good to see Miles Sanders going to be in there. And they really look good. It's going to be. It's, so now Jalen Hurts, does that count towards the running game? Or is yeah, that, yeah, Jeff yeah just the count. running game in general. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to be really good, but a really good um, test of might between both teams because I think both teams are really excellent at at both of those um, spots. So I'm going to go Tampa Bay's run defense. I think they'll, they'll corral um, Jalen Hurts, and that's going to really, pun intended, I guess, hurt the <laughs> Eagles. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think this, this game isn't going to be particularly exciting in-game, but it is an intriguing matchup of styles because both defenses are best at stopping what the other offense is good at. Um, so I... I I would bet the under in this game for sure. I think it's going to be low scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have more faith in Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski to make the plays when they need to than Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. 
Uh, not that those guys are bad players, but they aren't Hall of Famers. And uh, I think that's where you get about a touchdown difference. I, I, I think that Tampa does enough with the run defense to slow down Philly consistently and stall out their drives. That are, I'd be surprised if Philly scored more than one touchdown in this game. I, I think it's going to be something like, you know, 20, 20 to 13 or 24 to 16 or something like that. Um, and uh, I'll go I'll go with Tampa. Okay, so I'm going to go Tampa, but one thing, um, we talked a lot about Gronk. I did want to touch really quick on uh, Dallas Goddard. Um, mm. the, uh, the Buccaneers love to have, basically they give you the dump off. Um, so they, they were middling against tight end this season, but um, given that they love to give up the dump off, um, that's what they try to do. I would not be too opposed to Dallas Goddard at 5,900 this weekend. Um, and that really clears up some, some cash for you compared to Rob Gronkowski, who is like the chalk play. Like he is the the best guy there. So, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too upset with that. Yeah. I mean, Philly doesn't have a real high volume passing offense, but yeah, I mean, I would expect Goddard to get at least five or six targets. Yeah. So there you go. And, uh, if you play Goddard, I actually made a lineup where you can start Goddard and George Kittle. So how about that? Ooh. How about that, folks? Um, you have to start Jawan Jennings, though, but he's been pretty good uh, the last three, four weeks. So pretty, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Not gonna lie. Um, I'm going to take the Buccaneers. Mike, Mike's taking the Eagles, folks. <laughs> Hell no, this is going to be a blowout. Oh. Mike's oh. betting. Mike's betting against touchdown Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, ready touchdown to, Tom. I'm ready to come. I'm ready to count out touchdown Tom. <laughs> Old man geriatric going to carry his butt all the way down the field and not score a touchdown. No running game to score touchdowns. Heck no. Yeah, no. Um, By the way, my play worked. I think it was in week 16. I was like, Tom Brady is washed. He'll never be good again because I need him to be good in Scott Fishbowl. Uh, two straight games of uh, 320 plus passing yards and three touchdowns. So it worked, folks. He's on a, he's on a tear. Well, now you know how to, how to turn things around. Yeah, now, yep. now uh, once he gets to the divisional round, just start saying how amazing Tom Brady is. He's the GOAT. He's he's so good. He, he's <laughs> he's still the best quarterback in the NFL. He should win MVP, and then he'll have the stinker in the divisional round. Yeah, uh, God, I hope so. Um, did you guys see the video of uh, Tom Brady and Charles Woodson talking about the tuck rule? Mm-hmm. Where, where Tom Brady and Charles Woodson, he's talking about it. He's like, uh, Charles Woodson's kind of smacked the football out of his hand. And Tom Brady's like, yeah, so you see you do this and you smack it out. He goes, that's a fumble. He goes, or tuck rule. And, so, and, yes. Charles, and Charles Woodson's like. <laughs> uh, then he tackled him. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, really all right. Cool. Yeah, it was pretty funny. All right. I'm glad uh, Brady and Belichick separated because they're not massive powerhouses. Well, they are kind of still, but uh, I can enjoy them separately more than I could uh together so it's even worse because it's like the full empire now it's just it wasn't just like one nation that they were leading now if you have it on both sides you have the nfc and afc and and they're taking control of the world folks it's 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 like this it's not right it's like the seleucids and the ptolemaics folks is that another neon genesis evangelion thing no that is history walker that is a thing that happened no idea what you're talking about when when that one when Alexander the Great died, he had no heir, so they split his empire into four separate sections, and the only ones I could remember off the top of my head were the Ptolemaics and the Seleucids, named after the generals that took over it. Ptolemy and I forget the other guy's name. 
Saluce. Saluce, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I am delaying talking about this game. I've been stressing out about this. Oh. Uh, sucks to have a playoff game against the team that you have been conditioned to hate more than any other team in the entire universe. Sunday at 1.30 at CBS, Paramount Plus, Amazon Prime, and most importantly, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. We got Niner. the slime ball, baby. We got the slime ball. That's right. Who's going to win NVP? I hope they can be better than last year's NVP. Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky. The only award that he'll ever win in his entire life. Ouch. Mitchell Trubisky won NVP because a barstool guy stuffed the ballot. Is that how he won NVP? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's not as fun. All right. Uh, San Francisco, six seed, 10 and seven. They travel to Dallas, who is 12 and five. They are the three seed. 51 point over under Dallas, three point favorites. Uh, injury news in this one. Trent Williams, who has been dealing with an elbow issue, issue he missed week 18 because of the elbow issue, uh, is expected to start. Jimmy Garoppolo was upgraded to full in Thursday's practice with his thumb issue. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is expected to play this week, uh, even though he's been limited or not practicing this week. Uh, Trey Sermon has been activated from IR. So in your leagues where they count special team snaps, still don't add Trey Sermon. Um, For Dallas, Tony Pollard is off the COVID list. So is Micah Parsons. Tony Pollard's foot is good to go. He was a full participant in practice this week. Um, so his foot issue seems to be resolved. And uh, if you weren't paying attention, much like Chris Godwin, uh, um, no Michael Gallup in this one because of uh, an ACL tear as well. His was an ACL as well, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, ACL think, tear yeah. as well. So um, I changed this one on you boys So because I read some stuff today. So who wins the 49ers defensive line or... Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. And before you answer, um, I had some interesting information here. 49ers are third in run stop win rate, according to uh, ESPN. And they have two defensive tackles in the top three. And uh, Zeke is pretty good. And Tony Pollard has been very good. So that's all that I needed to tell you folks. So who wins? 49ers defensive line. And we'll say defensive line and linebackers or Zeke and Pollard. Um, I think I'll go with the Niners front seven by a slight margin. Um, I, I don't foresee Dallas being very efficient running the ball in this game. They might break a couple chunk plays here and there, um, especially if they attack Dre Greenlaw, who is by far the Niners worst linebacker. Um, I know a friend of the show, Rich Madrid absolutely hates that man. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, this is a, this is, this is a good matchup. Um, you know, a, a strength on both sides. Uh, but I, I think that I think that Dallas, yeah, Kellen Moore is a really good offensive coordinator. He's going to scheme up what he knows uh, the Niners are the worst at defending, and he's going to attack in the pass game a lot. He's going to spread it out. He's going to run a lot of quick routes, and he's going to go the defense up, and then he's going to take it over the top. Um, even without Gallup, you know, CeeDee Lamb, Mari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, Cedric Wilson, Pollard and Elliott out of the backfield. The Niners simply can't cover all those guys. And so I don't see Dallas. Dallas will go away from the run quicker in this game than they would otherwise because they know that if they just start throwing that they have a good chance of moving the ball. See, I don't even know if they even try to run the ball. That was kind of where I was going was the same spot, which is 
the Niners pass defense is where you beat them. And um, the Niners pass defense, if you just, if you have the running backs running routes out of the backfield, that will clear up um, one of the linebackers who would otherwise be covering the tight ends. You're going to give them trouble there. And then the 49ers pass defense, they're just going to go over the top. They're just going to get pass interference. And the 49ers will let them march down the field without actually gaining any yards. It will just be pass interference yards, which the 49ers led the league in pass interference penalties by six. And they gave up over 100 more yards than the second place team in pass interference penalties. That is how you beat the 49ers, because they have Josh Norman, who, thank God, played less last week because of the return of a bunch of guys in the past defense. But um, I don't think they even try to run. Mike, what are, what are you, what are your thoughts on, on the Niners pasty or the night? We'll just say the Niners defense versus the Cowboys offense. Cause since it kind of evolved into that. I, I they're definitely successful to the past, as you're pointing out, um, mm-hmm. but, but they got to try to run the ball. I mean, that's playoff football. You, you have to run the ball. You have, do to you, you do. You don't. Uh, <laughs> you have to win the game. Yeah. Yes. You have to win the game. Hello. You uh, play to win the game. It, and if you don't play to win the game, then you're in trouble. Just like the Colts, you know, they they didn't get that phone call from um, what's his name. Um, but anyways, so it's yeah, I, I really think that um, they're gonna it's gonna be hard for. Cowboys to run, especially if, if Zeke is hurting and Pollard or whatever, but Dak Prescott is going to have to take on a lot of pressure, and I think they're going to control that pressure. I think um, <laughs> run <laughs> that works. That also works, uh, but I, I don't I don't I don't think that that's going to happen with the Cowboys run game. They're going to face a lot of trouble. So. I, I put I, this up, which I cannot make the background uh, for the episode, which is run through a MF's face uh, for my next question. Uh, who wins uh, the 49ers well, offensive line or Micah Parsons and the Dallas pass rush? Um, um, basically a front seven versus front five, five debate. For this. Uh, yeah, give me uh, give me Dallas's front seven in this one. Um, Trent Williams is really really good. Probably yeah. the best offensive lineman in football. Quentin Nelson's the only other one who could make a claim for that. Um, the rest of the offensive line, eh. Alex Mack is old. He's fine still, but he's not the guy he used to be. No. Lincoln Tomlinson's good enough. Daniel Brunskill is terrible. I don't know how he's still the starting right guard on this team. Um, and I literally don't even know who their right tackle is. Is it still McGlinchey? Yes. He's not very good either. Um, he's great. Eh, yeah. Also, I, you're missing Tom Compton. Oh yeah. Compton's been taking over for Brunskill at times. Yeah. yeah. Um, which he's not good, but he's better than Brunskill. Um, yeah, it's just not good enough to hold up against just the amount of players that Dallas can throw you. I mean, not only Parsons, but... Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, Leighton Van Der Esch, Oso Digizua. I mean, the list goes on and on. The, mm-hmm. Durant's Armstrong. I mean, the, these guys are loaded. Uh, and it, it's too many rushers for San Francisco to consistently hold up against. I, I The left side of the O-line will be fine. Tomlinson, Mack, and especially Williams, they'll hold up. But that right side is going to get 
toasted a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going. I'm thinking they're going to keep Micah Parsons busy out of that backfield. Um, but it, that it, what Walker said is correct. How, how many players can you actually block when you have mm-hmm. a full bus coming at you? Just like I mean, it's sort of like the Chicago Bears, right? 46 defense. You can only block so many, and one person is going to come free. So with that quick running of Elijah Mitchell, that's going to really help um, that pass rush. Uh, they're not going to rely on, of course, they're not going to rely on Jimmy G to win this game um, because that just won't work. So Elijah Mitchell is going to have to be the key to this offense just as much as Dak Prescott is going to be the key to the Cowboys offense. Uh, it, it, it's going to be a fun battle. I, I, I can't say who's going to win or lose because I think both of them are going to win and lose. Um but if I have to pick, I'm going to go with Dallas's pass rush. Okay. Yeah, Dallas is I you guys nailed the reason why I brought this up, which was there's too much to block. Uh, there's a lot of talk about Trent Williams, which great, Trent Williams can block one, maybe two guys, and there is too much to block. Um so I it's really the thing that kills me too is it's like um I did it I did it just to talk trash to a Cowboys person. But everybody's like, well, we'll just neutralize Micah Parsons with Trent Williams. Micah Parsons is everywhere. Like, yeah. you cannot just, like, if the Cowboys are smart, they're not just going to line up Micah Parsons uh, against Trent Williams, especially because uh, Jimmy G's a statue. So if you can get Micah Parsons going up against uh, anybody on the right side of the line, like Walker said, instead of Trent Williams, Jimmy G's not going to do anything about it. He's just going to get blasted in his face. So, um, yeah, I think I think the Dallas um, pass defense kind of lives in the backfield in this one. I mean, they're fourth in the league in quarterback pressure rate and um, the 49ers allow pressure um, and Jimmy G doesn't throw the ball away or scramble out of things. So um, it'll be a long day for the 49ers pass game, um, but I think it'll also be a long day for the Dallas defense. Let's go Niners winning this game. Let's go, baby. Can't bet against my boys. I'm taking the Niners. I'm also taking the Niners. Walker. Uh, Walker. Taking the Niners. Yeah. (laughs) Peer pressure works, boys. Let's go. I was was taking the Niners the whole time. All right, fine. I have a lot more faith if Zeke was Zeke a couple years ago and Pollard wasn't a little bit banged up then. But with that situation, yeah, Niners. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Josh Norman, who is usually who gets toasted on the Niners, I'm happy to report played zero snaps last week in uh, defense. So that will probably help the Niners out a lot. (sighs) All right, you guys ready for the worst game of the week? No. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend. It's going to be so boring. I'm not even going to pretend like I'm going to watch this game. Like, I have I'll, no interest. I'll probably watch a, just a little bit of it to make sure that nothing weird happens in the first half. But, yeah, once KC goes up two scores, which they will, um, it's I'm turning it off and I'm firing at the Xbox. Get out of here. Yeah, I will be recording an episode of the Reactionaries podcast during this game. We there are we doing go. Street Fighter from 1994, folks. Heck yeah! 
Wherever you get podcasts. Actually, yeah, I yeah. Street Fighter, which posits a world, what if the only people with names in a movie were characters from a video game? Because <laughs> those are the only people with names in the whole movie. And it's like, they give them extra jobs. Anyways. Uh, Raul Julia is Bison. He's good as Bison because uh, he, he goes out of control. Uh, anyways, this is the Sunday night game. It's on NBC slash Peacock, 515 Pacific. Uh, Pittsburgh 7, KC 2, uh, those are their seeds. I'm trying to get through this game. Uh, Pittsburgh's 9, 7, and 1. KC's 12 and 5. We're taking a clean sweep on KC before we do anything else, right? Yeah. All right. KC wins this one. This would be, if Pittsburgh wins this, this is like the, uh, it might be one of the biggest upset of all time. I mean, yeah. What did KC wins? KC beat him by 30 last time they played him, which was like five weeks ago. Yeah. So, uh, yes, but um, here's my question for you guys. Uh, since Kansas City wins is too easy, does Kansas City cover? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think they double cover. I think I, they yeah. win by about 17 to 20, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would say a, a better line would be like 16 and a half, but they're just never going to do that because it's a playoff game. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I Pittsburgh can't score. I, they they cannot score and KC is extremely good at attacking what they're bad at on defense. So it it's not only is KC the better team, but it's a horrible matchup for Pittsburgh. It's just not going to go well. But what if I told you that Najee Harris is questionable? Uh, does that help? Injury? I don't think that helps. What if I told you that Juju Smith-Schuster is healthy to, enough to play, but is unlikely to be uh, activated? Uh, Sure. What if I told you that James Washington is back from the COVID list? Uh, he's been usurped by Ray Ray McLeod. I know. Ray Ray McLeod's been getting a bunch of targets. What if I told you that uh, Daryl Williams is expected Jeff. to play? Tyree Kill is expected to play, but CEH won't play. Jeff, Uh-oh. didn't you say you were trying to speed through this game and now you're stalling? <laughs> I had to do injuries. God. Tyree Kill will play. Daryl Williams will play. CEH won't play. Uh, where'd the questions go? Um, I lost them, boys. I lost yeah, they're Mike's. Uh, Mike. Uh, Mike wants to know about Tyree Kill versus the pass defense. Tyree Kill wins. No, the pass defense wins. Yeah, Hill's been kind of bad lately. I, I don't know if it's, like, COVID symptoms still hanging around or if it's just because he's not a particularly refined wide receiver. Um, he's a decent enough route runner, but he mostly wins on speed and athleticism. I mean, he he's such a better deep receiver than people think he is because he's like five foot eight, but he leaps absolutely out of the gym, so he can still go up above the rim and get the ball. Um, Joe Hayden has really turned the Pittsburgh pass defense around. They were struggling for a little bit there in the middle of the season, but since he's come back, they've been pretty good on that front. Um, and the obvious spot to attack Pittsburgh's defense is uh, they cannot cover tight ends at all. And Travis Kelsey is incredibly good at playing tight end. So Kelsey's that's going analysis to, you can only get here, folks. Yeah, football absurdity where you know where you hear that Travis Kelsey's good. Uh, Kelsey's going to absolutely demolish this defense for the second time in a month and a half. Hill's not going to have to do a whole lot, and I don't think they force him to do a whole lot. Um, they're probably just going to preserve him for a more important matchup in the divisional round. So uh, it, this is going to be a more Travis Kelsey game than Hill game. So I'll give the win to the defense against Hill specifically. Okay. Mike, what are your thoughts on your well, own question? The, the, 
just to go back to tight end, Steelers are actually pretty good against the tight end. Um, they're 10th overall, 10th best. So whatever you want to do with that. Oh, They've only allowed five touchdowns. And um, But the last two games, they got torched. Um, they got torched by Cleveland, and they got torched by Baltimore. So... Right. Ball, I mean, that. like what I'm essentially what I'm saying is like Devin Bush can't cover. Uh, Robert Spillane can't cover. I, the only player up the middle of their defense that can cover at all is Minka Fitzpatrick. And he's going to be and he's going to have to play center field to prevent the. Um, yeah, to, they're going to play two high safeties to prevent Kansas City from going deep. And so Kelsey's just going to destroy him in the intermediate underneath. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. Yeah, I, I don't like Tyreek Hill this year. I don't I don't even um he's had just a couple good games that he's blown up on and that's really been his season. And when you're facing against one of the best pass defenses in in football, I I'll take the pass defense. So yeah, I'm taking the Steelers defense over Tyreek Hill. I agree. Um he's been so Tyreek Hill has been boom and bust, but he's had this like nice middle ground. Um, and that's where he has lost it this year is the middle ground. Um, you know, in 2020, he had um, like about a third of his games were top five and about a third of his games were outside the top 36. And this year it was ha- a third of his games were in the top five and uh, half of his games were outside the top 36. So um, he's really losing that floor um, that makes him a, a valuable you know, fantasy asset and a weapon for the Chiefs. So I think that it's it's hard to bet against Tyreek Hill because all he needs is one play. But at the same time, he hasn't been getting that one play, really. So I'll go with the pass defense. And um, on the flip side, I just want to say, uh, please don't start any Steelers in DFS except for maybe Najee Harris. Uh, please don't do anything else. That's all I'll say about that. Um for the uh, other question, Mike, you wanted about the Chiefs offensive line versus T.J. Watt. Yeah, so we all know, um, or at least most of us know, T.J. Watt tied Michael's Trahan in sacks, I think, 23 and a half. Uh, and the Chiefs O-line is, I think, third best against um, allowing sacks. So this is sort of, sort of um, um, line versus line. Is, is, is it going to be that ferocious Pittsburgh's, you know, attack, defensive attack led by TJ Watt, or is that wall of the Chiefs offensive line going to protect Patrick Mahomes? Um I mean, how's the Chiefs offensive line been this year? Let's see. Uh they're let's see. Uh they're here we go. Pass block win rate, second in the league for the Chiefs. Wowie Zowie. Um and uh for the Steelers, they had the oh, they have the second worst pass block win rate. Uh, here we go, uh, pass rush win rate, 41%. But T.J. Watt is a different beast. I mean, I'm gonna say T.J. Watt gets like two sacks, but that's mostly because um, uh, Patrick Mahomes is gonna hold on the ball for too long, and uh, you know they have a good secondary. It's they're gonna be covered sacks, but T.J. Watt's gonna be doing the cleaning up, I think. Yeah, I think Watt. Uh, I think Watt does basically nothing for like a quarter and a half. And then once it's already, I don't know, like 17 to three or something, Mahomes is going to get greedy once or twice and hold the ball for a million years to try to make a ridiculous play. And Watt's too good to do that around. So 
he'll he'll make a play here or there, but it's it's simply not going to be a close enough game. Like I would take Watt in this matchup because I think he'll figure out a way to have some sort of impact, but he's not going to affect the result of the game. Yeah, I I tend to agree with that, and I take it back. You can start uh, uh, Deontay Johnson if you would like. I said yeah, please don't Deontay start. Deontay Johnson's going to get like fourteen targets. He's fourteen targets, ten catches for seventy nine yards. Yeah, and he's a hundred bucks less than C.D. Lamb, who's been struggling recently. So, um, yeah, I would definitely recommend that. So, um, who wins this game, boys? Kansas City. <laughs> you think so? Yes. Mike, what do you think? I I, I love Pittsburgh, one hundred percent. I mean, not <laughs> not only have they dominated the Colts in a lot of playoff games, um, but they also dominated the Raiders as well. So, I love the Steelers. Mike's Hell going no. Steelers. I'm going baby. all Chiefs here, baby. Come Mike's going do, Steelers. Do you guys, do you guys remember four weeks ago when Mike picked the Steelers to beat the Chiefs in that regular season? Yeah, game? that did not work out. <laughs> that was not a good Mike, pick. Mike is not doubling down. No, I am not doubling down on that huge mistake. That that was over by the first quarter. Mike is uh, quitting while he's behind. Is how the yeah. also. Yeah. By the way, I did win the pick'em. Oh, I was going to wait until uh, after all the postseason stuff to talk oh, about. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I won the regular season edition of the pickup. Well, look at you. Well, I demand a recount. I'm going to unleash the Kraken, and we're going to stop the steal. <laughs> Release the Kraken. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the last game. Uh, NFC West matchup. Arizona is the fifth seed at 11-6. and six. The Rams are the fourth seed at 12-5. and five. 49 and a half point over under Rams. Four point favorites. Injuries in this one. James Conner has not been practicing all week. Rondale Moore was limited with an ankle injury in Thursday's practice, but that was an improvement um, because uh, he was declared out in week 18. So him actually practicing is an improvement. Uh, JJ Watts returned to practice this week, but it doesn't sound like he's going to play this weekend. Sounds like an uphill battle. Also sounds like the type of thing that TJ or JJ Watt would do. That tells you how far J.J. Watt's fallen is my default Watt is now T.J. Um, Chase Edmonds will be active on Monday night, according to Chase Edmonds. Okay, Uh, I think he would know. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins will not play um, for the Rams. Um, Matthew Stafford is on the injury report with a toe issue, but he's played full. Uh, Jordan Fuller safety will not be playing. He suffered a season ending ankle injury. Um, and that's all I see for the Rams. So, Walker, what do you want to talk about in this one? So, in terms of the when the Cardinals are on offense, I um, I think the important thing is will the Cardinals running backs, whether that's Edmonds and Connor or just Edmonds, really, um, be able to get consistent production against this Rams front seven? I don't think so. Chase Edmonds isn't the type of back who gets, you know, 20 tough touches. Yeah, tough yards. He is the... I, he is I a, love Chase Edmonds. He's not that kind of guy. No, he's a satellite back who... He's well, a finesse guy. Yeah, finesse. That's the perfect way to put it. I was going to say he's a satellite back, but not really because he can run, you know, up the gut. No, he, he's, that's he's a not how you want to do Like, it. he can run between the tackles because he can get skinny and his acceleration is elite level. But yeah. 
He's not going to turn his feet to get the no. extra two, three yards. No, he ain't banging and getting those tough yards. And He's not the Rams, bouncing off of Aaron Donald. <laughs> no, the Rams are going to muck it up inside. He's not bouncing off Sean Robinson or Greg Gaines either. Yeah. I mean, this is a <laughs> – I, I just don't – I don't see it. The The Cardinals are going to have to throw the ball to to win this game. And I, I – uh, And that might be Chase Edmonds. I could be, yeah. No, yeah. I – in terms of running the ball – the the Rams are going to control that. I I think I I don't expect the Cardinals to be able to consistently run the ball whatsoever. Um, and in fact, I would say that if there's a prop bet, probably a good prop bet would be that Kyler Murray leads the Cardinals in rushing yards. That's not um, a bad prop bet. Um, yeah, I, my, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, yeah, I, I was just gonna probably just restate what I was saying. But so, yeah, Mike, what do you think? I was gonna say, Mike, what do you think? And then, uh, what do you think about that prop bet that the that Kyler Murray leads the team in rushing yards? I think it's yeah. Um, I I don't mind that at all. I think that's a great prop bet because um, I could definitely see that happening. Uh, so, and then I think also agree with you guys with Chase Edmonds. He's he he's multifaceted, but he's not someone that you're just gonna want it hand the ball to and, and hammer that front and wear him down and sort of be that bigger uh, running back. So is Connors playing? Uh, not sure. It doesn't okay. sound like he's going to play. And if he does play, he's going to be limited because he's still not really practicing. Yeah. Um, that would be their best bet to, of course, to wear him down. So I'm, I'm going to go Rams, Rams front on this one. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I mean, it's hard betting against Aaron Donald. Let's just stop right there. It's hard to bet against yeah. Aaron Donald. Um, even though by that one ESPN metric, he's bad at some, I think it was pass defense or something. I don't know. Or not pass defense, uh, rush defense. The opposite. Um, it was just a stupid thing. All right. Walker, this is a very good question. Matthew Stafford or turnovers? Who wins? Yeah. I, I think this is this is going to be the story of the game. I, the Rams have the more talented overall roster. Um, I know the shine's coming off McVay a little bit, but he's still a better coach than Cliff Kingsbury. Um, it, it's if Stafford can control his uh, his more destructive instincts and not kind of go into panic mode and uh, like Lions quarterback mode where he the minute something starts to go wrong, he thinks that he has to put the entire team on his back and do everything himself, which I understand why he would have that mindset after years of being a Detroit lion. Um, but he doesn't need to do that anymore. And in a playoff game like this, he's got to realize it. Um, as I'm sure every single person in the world is going to point out at some point, he's never won a playoff game. So this would be the first time. And it, you know, he's going to have to go out and win it. Uh, again, Arizona isn't going to let Sony Michelle beat them. It's going to have to be Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, um, maybe a, l- a little bit of Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby here and there. And it's going to rely on Stafford's arm. And I, I think that the, the Rams defense will help. The Rams defense will isn't going to allow the Cardinals to go crazy. I don't think Stafford's going to have to have an incredible game to win this or anything. But Stafford's going to have to play solid smart football. Can he do that? Absolutely. Will he do it? I personally believe he will. Um, but if, if 
you don't believe that he will, I can understand that. And I really think that's what it's going to come down to and who you pick in this game. Um, I think that Stafford can, can and will protect the ball. Um, every time Sean McVay plays against Kyle Shanahan, people go, go like, well, the, the shine has come off of Sean McVay. It's like, no, Kyle Shanahan just pants is Sean McVay at every given opportunity. Somehow, for some reason, he always has his number. So I'm not too worried about that from a, from a uh, game planning perspective. I just think that if I'm the Rams, okay, I'm going into with the mentality of the Cardinals are going to have to beat me. We are the records one game apart. But the Rams at this point are so much better than the Cardinals because the Cardinals don't have DeAndre Hopkins. They probably won't have James Conner, who had like 16 touchdowns this year. They've got Zach Ertz as their number one or two passing weapon. Um, you know, it, when your conversation is, is your tight end, your running back, or your wide receiver two, your best passing asset, that's a problem. Um, so I think the Rams are just going to, be, play it safe. Um, they're like, like Walker said, they're not going to let Sony Michelle, you know, beat them, but he doesn't have to. I think Matthew Stafford could just play a ball control offense, just kind of move their way up and down the field and, and they'll walk away with this one. I think the Rams win this game. The Cardinals record is it, it lies. It's, it's not who the team that they are anymore. It's the team that they started off as. And then team that they were as late as like week, like 13 or something, but that's not the team that they are right now. So I think that, you know, Matthew Stafford will not have to force the issue. So it won't be Matthew Stafford versus turnovers. It'll be Matthew Stafford yucking it up on the sidelines as, you know, um, the Cardinals go out there down 31 to 20 um, in the fourth quarter trying to make a comeback. So I think that it's it's a Rams win. I think it's a handed, handled Rams win because – um, Stafford won't have to try so hard. Mike, what are your thoughts? Um, I think the Rams win this game. I'm sort of in the same situation with Matt Stafford as I am with Derek Carr. I did, Derek Carr is going to prove um, that he's more than what people, the mass of people believe he is. And Staff, Matthew Stafford is going to do the same thing. Uh, very, one of the, uh, very most talented quarterbacks, um, not only right now, but just in his, his career. And he just doesn't get the fanfare because A, he plays in Detroit and B, or played in Detroit and B, uh, just didn't have the, the team around him to, to make him be what he actually is. And now he is with the Rams and he does have those playmakers and they finished 12 and five. So with that said, the Rams win this game. Yeah, um, there, there's this weird thing. I like the um, Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford comparison because there's this weird thing with Stafford where people solidified what they thought of him like a decade ago. Right. And they haven't moved off of that. And he is he has been one of the best quarterbacks of the last half decade in the NFL. But people solidified this idea of him when he had, you know, 16 picks, 17 picks, and 19 picks in his third, fourth, and fifth year in the league. Uh, he was also throwing the ball 663 and 727 times, so that'll lead to a lot of picks. But Stafford has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league for the last half decade. I mean, this isn't just to gas up Walker because he's his boy. I mean, it's it's 
He's very yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's, I mean, Stafford is incredible. He's he's a very good quarterback who doesn't get the respect he deserves. Um, so yeah, I think I think that it's a an easy Rams victory. Um, you know, I think this is one where they make life hell for Kyler Murray, and there's a trickle down effect for the rest of the offense. So, and it's interesting too because I've talked to uh, a few, a handful or so um, of Lions fans um and recently and they all say the same thing um they they support the team um on the team and they love those players but when those players go off to other teams they sort of lessen that that fanfare but with matthew stafford they still continue to look at him as he was part of that detroit lions team Mm -hmm. and i think that says a whole lot that if you if a player leaves your team and you still look at him as part of your team. That shows you how great a player is, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's he was the Lions for a long time. And, um, you know, I've I've seen, you know, faces of the franchise leave, not in football so much, but in basketball, you know, I still considered Chris Weber a king after he, you know, was on. He, I was rooting for the Pistons when he finished his career with the Pistons. So it's like. You know, those those faces of the franchise, they get that that treatment. So, mm-hmm. all right, boys, anything else you want to talk about with Wildcard Weekend? Go Niners, first and foremost. Go Rams. Go Rams. Go Colt. Oh, man, never mind. Oh, ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And, uh, boys, I'm very proud of us because I'm ending the episode right now, and we did not talk about how this is probably Ben Roethlisberger's last game. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.